Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Clocked In with the Press, hosted at Altman Studios in Brentwood, California. In this podcast, we highlight news stories, individuals, and organizations that deserve your attention. For full news stories and to stay updated on the latest Contra Costa County happenings, you can visit our website and Facebook at thepress.net or Twitter and Instagram at PressClockedIn. This is your host, Caitlin Gleason, clocking in. So we have quite a bit of information today, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in. First, let's get an update about the situation in Ukraine. This is a rapidly growing situation, and thus we must place a disclaimer that this information is being delivered as of March 10th and could have changed over the last couple days. Over 2.3 million people have fled Ukraine since the beginning of the Russian invasion, according to the United Nations. Russian bombs have continued to strike against civilians and civilian areas. Fifteen hours ago, as of recording time, it was reported by the Associated Press that Russian bombs struck two hospitals, one a children's facility in Zudomir, just west of Kiev, and another through airstrike on March 9th, which destroyed a maternity hospital in Maripol. In response to Ukraine's appeal for admittance into the EU, Lithuanian Parliament approved a resolution that called for immediate candidate status for Ukraine into the European Union. Large international actors such as the EU, UK, and US have officially committed to phasing out oil and gas imports from Russia as well as increasing sanctions. So if you're already complaining about the gas prices, you'll probably see an increase later on as well. Russia has also been excluded from SWIFT, an international banking system that is critical to Russia's capability in international trade and currency conversion. Even more so, U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris has called for an investigation into Russia's international war crimes. And most recently, Russia and Ukraine leaders met to negotiate a ceasefire between the two countries. However, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba spoke after his meeting with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and stated that, quote, Russia is not in a position at this point to establish a ceasefire. They seek a surrender from Ukraine. This is not what they're going to get. Ukraine is strong. Ukraine is fighting, end quote. Total death toll as of March 10th is more than 2,000 Ukrainian civilians and potentially 6,000 Russian troops, according to Ukraine's state emergency service. People in the local area who are looking for something actionable will be pleased to hear that local residents from Ukraine had a table set up at the Brentwood Farmers Market on Saturday to urge the community to write to Congress and tell it to support measures against Russian President Vladimir Putin and the war in Ukraine. President Biden announced March 8th that he would be banning all imports of Russian oil and natural gas as part of his economic sanctions package. They will be meeting again this Saturday, March 12th, and potentially the Saturday after at the Brentwood Farmers Market. Next, a woman has filed a federal lawsuit against Brentwood police officer Ryan Rosentis in connection with an incident on February 10th, 2020, in which Rosentis sicked his police dog on her during an alleged shoplifting incident, causing the woman's scalp to be partially torn from her head. The department had initially written in a Facebook post about the arrest of then-24-year-old Talmika Bates, along with three other suspects in connection with the incident at Ulta Beauty Supply in the streets of Brentwood. The post alleged that the group had exited the store with roughly $10,000 in merchandise before fleeing the scene in a Nissan Murano and subsequently being apprehended in a neighborhood near Slatton Ranch Road. The post makes no mention of the injuries suffered by Bates. Bates is seeking unspecified damages, including loss of wages and both medical and legal expenses in the civil lawsuit. The lawsuit claims that Resentis allowed Marco, his canine partner, to, quote, bite and gnaw on Miss Bates' scalp and skull for an extended period of time, end quote, despite her pleas for him to call the dog off. Marco allegedly ignored his handler's commands to stop and had to be physically removed by Resentis, according to the suit. 
Following coverage from San Francisco media outlets Cron and KTVU, as well as national news, the Brentwood Police Officers Association released a statement regarding the lawsuit and its media coverage. They said, quote, As has become commonplace in recent years, those media outlets abdicated their responsibility to inform the public on the facts of an incident and instead have chosen to demonize the police and fan the claims of racial discord, end quote. The statement continued to say, quote, contrary to what was reported by the media, this was not just a shoplifting incident and the use of a police canine had nothing to do with the race of the suspects, end quote. According to the association, police dogs are trained to bite down on the first body part they come in contact with, which was the top of Bates' head in this case. Bates was ordered to come out from the bushes, the statement says, as part of a standard safe practice due to officers being unable to determine if she was armed. There is yet to be any update regarding the status of the suit as of Thursday, March 10th. Next, the Economic Development Departments of Brentwood, Antioch, Oakley, and Pittsburgh are collaborating on an economic development initiative to help residents cut the commute. With reduced or eliminated commute times, residents can spend more quality time at home with family or supporting their local businesses, resulting in a bigger tax base and support for restaurants, retailers, personal services, and more. Officials are asking residents to identify their commute destination and other information in a one-minute survey so they can then target businesses with many employees in the region to consider expanding in or relocating to East Contra Costa County. The Economic Development Departments of East Contra Costa County know that many of the area's residents commute daily to offices in and around the Bay Area. Next, a 12-year-old boy and another girl were injured while playing with fireworks behind Neighborhood Church in Birch Street in Brentwood Sunday afternoon, March 6th. The 12-year-old boy was airlifted to UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital, Oakland, with severe injuries to his face, chest, and hands, while the girl suffered facial injuries and was transported by her family in a car to an undisclosed local hospital, fire crews said. Officers from the Brentwood Police Department were on scene to investigate the incident, but it remains to be seen whether the victim's parents will face any charges. Quote, these are explosive devices. They're illegal because of how dangerous they are, end quote. Brentwood PD Patrol Sergeant Brulette said, quote, parents need to educate their kids that they can't be played with. Fireworks aren't something to take lightly. You've got to take them seriously because of situations like this, end quote. Lastly, Brentwood residents are concerned that a proposed mixed-income community in Brentwood will lead to increased crime and decreased home values. The potential housing project could be built at the intersection of Lone Tree Way and O'Hara Avenue. Developer Eden Housing, in cooperation with the Episcopal Diocese of California, held its first community meeting on the project in mid-February. The parcel of land in question is currently zoned as R1, which indicates low-density residential. In order to build out the proposed amount of residential units, Eden Housing will be required to pursue an amendment to the city's general plan. This has some residents of the surrounding neighborhoods pushing back. One meeting attendee stated his concern about the property value of his home, worth over $1 million, going down, along with more crime, with the result being a mass exodus of current homeowners in the area. Many homes in the surrounding neighborhoods, Rose Garden, Granville Estates, Pruitt Ranch, and Sterling Preserve, are valued at more than $800,000, which makes buying in the area a difficult prospect for the first time or low-mid-income buyers. The O'Hara Avenue and Lone Tree Way property was bought by the Episcopal Diocese of California in 2002, but has been vacant since its purchase. At one time, the diocese had hoped to build a church on the land, but their vision has since shifted. According to the project's website, quote, the community would include market-rate single-family homes, affordable townhomes for first-time homebuyers, and affordable rental housing for low-income families. The centerpiece of Bluebird Village is Jubilee Farm, an organic farm and orchard operated by the Farm Church Ministry of the Episcopal Diocese of California, end quote. 
That's it for today's episode of Clocked In with the Press. I appreciate you taking the time to listen in, and I look forward to speaking with you in future episodes. If you would like to read more news stories of Contra Costa County, you can do so through our website at www.thepress.net or through our Twitter and Instagram at Press Clocked In. Contact us with your thoughts on this episode or any other episode before it. That's all that I have for you today, and I will speak with you all next time. This is Caitlin Gleason, Clocking Out. <laughs>